I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. And this is Fork Bomb. Wednesday, July 19th, 2017, episode 13, our favorite retro games. This show almost didn't happen today due to technical difficulties and uh, timing, but mostly timing. Um, and uh, But yeah, we, we thought that it would be great to, to talk about our favorite games. We've talked about uh, our retro machines and, and we talked about various other things, but we've actually never talked about uh, the games we enjoyed playing. So, uh, so we, we each, we each wrote down three of our favorite games and, uh, and then none of us actually know the, the three games that we each chose, except maybe Eric, cause he blurted them out. But anyway, uh, besides that, and, and we didn't really hear it cause you know, static and everything, but, uh, but yeah, so this, this, uh, we wanted to do that format. We thought it'd be fun and, uh, we thought it'd be fun to discuss that way. Uh, so nobody knows each other's games. Let's go. Eric, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so, one of my first favorite games was actually a really, really old game that was back in the Commodore 64 days. Uh, Spy vs. Spy. That one was made in, let's see, what was it, 1993. Or, yeah, 1993. And it was a game where you were two players, spies, that were trying to compete to get off out of the secret base with all these documents of what you were supposed to be getting. And in the process of this, you could see each other playing and set up bombs and you could set up traps, all sorts of wonderful things. And if you did actually encounter your your spy enemy, you would sit there and beat them up with a stick. Really kind of cool. <laughs> was, was this a movie? I thought Spy vs. Spy was a movie or cartoon or... There actually was a Spy vs. Spy movie made many, many uh, years after the game, around, uh, I just want to say, late late in the 2000s. Oh, okay. Was it based on the game, or was it just happened to have the same name? Do you, do you, have, do you know? Probably just had the same name. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, um, per, your, per your suggestion, I actually did try Spy vs. Spy. Uh, oh, yeah? Played against the computer. Um, I guess any practice because I, I sucked at it. Like uh, <laughs> the computer was just always on my tail in every single room that I went to, and then I'll get bonked with a stick and I'll be dead. Oh yeah, and the, the computer guy is definitely hard at first. I knew, I knew you could like you know set traps, put stuff in drawers, um, but I never had enough time to do any of that. By the time the computer was fighting me. Yep, you've got to be fast. Even though this was a game made in the early uh, 90s, it was a fast-paced game. The, the computer knew where everything was, and you could kind of see where everything was by the little dots on the screen. Mind you, I played this originally on a Commodore 64 SX64, the portable with that really tiny screen. <laughs> <laughs> would, uh, wow. you, would you be interested in maybe uh, doing some net play of Spy vs. Spy on a Commodore 64 emulator interesting yes because it does support that <laughs> yes absolutely all right cool <laughs> um so was this game ever brought to other to any other platforms or chris did you play it on the commodore 64 or? i played it on the c64 uh just recently in the uh vice emulator okay very nice i, I actually need to uh to look up to see if uh any other systems had it but, no, uh, it was never. I, I don't think it was ever actually on any other kind of game system. Um, otherwise, it's been introduced. Uh, uh, actually, it did come up with the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, but did it? It was oh, only yeah, it based on the game, not actually the game. <laughs> it was also on the Apple II. What, what do you uh, mean based on the game? That's like that's like a movie based on a movie. Yeah. It was on the Acorn Electron, the Amiga, the Amstrad CPC, the Apple II, the Atari 8-bit, the Atari ST, the BBC Micro, the Commodore 16, the Commodore 64, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, oh my god, I hope they have multiplayer, I've got to try <laughs> that, MSX, NES, Sega Master System, Sharp X1, ZX Spectrum, and iOS. How about PlayStation 2? I think I see one here, 2005? Not the same? Uh, that's the 2005 version, yeah. I'm talking about the oh, 1984 okay. version. 
Got it. Yeah, the 1984 version. That's the big one. Yeah, I guess it was on multiple consoles. I just never saw it. And iOS and Xbox, really? I'm surprised. <laughs> um, huh. I've never played this. I'm, I'm looking at images right now. It looks pretty fun. Oh, yeah. And they they have people that dress up as the, the gray spy and the the black spy at Kamikaze and stuff. It's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> hmm. Huh. Because they have those long, pointy faces. Yeah. I'm seeing them here, uh, black and, and white. Okay. Well, yeah, that's great. Um, Chris, do you want to talk about your favorite game? Okay, sure. I'll start with the least favorite of the three and I'll work my way up. Next time it's my turn. So my first pick is Metroid 2 Return of Samus. It was the second installment in the Metroid series. It was released in... Uh, 1991 and it was only on the Game Boy and while it graphically did not uh, compare to even the previous NES version due to lack of color um, or the later versions due to just general lack of graphics in my opinion I think it is my absolute favorite version Um, if anyone that has never played a Metroid game you it's side-scrolling, you run through corridor after corridor after corridor, you uh, fight enemies, you get upgrades to weapons, you fight off these crazy monsters that latch onto you called Metroids. But it was the first game that I played as a kid that was truly that expansive. I mean, sure, there was uh, Legend of Zelda on the original uh, Legend of Zelda, but on, on that tiny square screen on the Game Boy... They did such a good job at conveying just um, an endless labyrinth to go through, to explore. Um, Constantly kept you on your toes. Constantly kept you trying different things. Um, Constantly was anxiety-inducing, wondering when the next monster would come out around the corner. And whenever one did come out, it would go from uh, just... There was barely any music, like maybe subtle music, little sounds here and there. But then... When you saw the Metroid, it was this crazy, jarring, um, dis, uh, uh, dissonant um, sound sequence that it would play that would scare the crap out of me every single time. I think I can remember the music. Wasn't it something like dum 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 dum? Yeah. Dum 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 dum. But then it would get like really quiet, and then when you would see the Metroid, it would like be on screen for just a fraction of a second. Before I started fighting, and then I go da da da, and it's like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, missiles, missile, missile, missiles. <laughs> yeah, yes, I remember uh, the uh, there was uh, Omega Metroids, I believe, and the the Zetas. Then you had the Metroid Queen. Oh, that and looked like a dragon. And of course, follows the protagonist uh, Samus Aran, who is a space bounty hunter. She is a space bounty hunter, and also fights space pirates. Um, so Which anyways, actually nobody knew. Nobody knew it was a she. Until the end of the first Metroid when she took off her helmet. Yep. So, yeah, that's um, that's my favorite installment um, in the Metroid series, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Did either of you play it? Absolutely. One yes. of my One of my all-time favorites as well. In fact, um, I even have... I think I have pretty much every one of the games even today, even including the Wii Wii versions of it with the collector's edition in the tin foil case. Oh, nice! Ooh, that was <laughs> nice. That's the uh, trilogy. Yes, and yes, they're, they're selling that one now for. Uh, they're trying to sell it for as much as two hundred, four hundred dollars, even. No, I know, right? <laughs> I bought it for a nice grand total of fifty dollars used. Man. That's how um, hard it is to find it, though. That's nice. Uh, I, I've actually, uh, I do own, uh, I know we're getting away from the topic of uh, Metroid 2, but hey, it's Metroid. Uh, I do own the uh, Super Nintendo cartridge to uh, Super Metroid. So, but, uh, and, and the cartridge to Metroid 2. Yeah. Nice. Those nice. are the only two that I own. Yeah. Um. So, Eric, I mean, I'm sorry, Chris, have you ever played another Metroid 2 remake? Yes. Um, in fact, I downloaded it before it was um, removed for download because we all knew Nintendo would do it. So I, I have the um, Windows version hanging around that I play under Wine, and it runs flawlessly. 
I heard really, really good things about that. Uh, yeah, it's a solid game. I, I really need to pick it, uh, pick it back up again. Yeah, I've also played Metroid Two, and um, I don't remember if I beat it or not. I, I got the spider ball, and I was climbing all over the uh, you know, all each cave and everything, and, or the cave. There's no cave. The the, the planet. <laughs> Maybe we should elaborate I, yeah. on a, another Metroid Two remake. It is, as it says, an, another Metroid Two remake, but it's for uh, PC various operating systems and it is a a a new port uh, full color um higher resolution new sounds this was a labor of love by an individual maybe a small team of individuals um it is fantastically done and sadly nintendo shut them down so hard i mean they they weren't even selling it they were just giving it away Right, and we were all hoping for that uh, that magic port for uh, Nintendo you know, 3DS or, or just just regular DS. Uh, at least I was waiting for it. I I would have been stoked, or an Android port or something. Yeah, and Nintendo's not going to do it. Of no. course. Did you know about the Easter egg about Metroid Two? No, what is it? At the very ending, if you beat it quickly enough, you could get Samus down to a swimsuit. <laughs> Eight bit gray swimsuit. Uh-huh. I uh, I need to play it again. That's it. <laughs> oh man! What is your first game, Mira? So first game I have on my list is Command and Conquer. It is a strategy game released in 1995. I almost put down that it's the first strategy game, but I would have been ro- I would have been wrong. Um, so good thing I didn't, because there was other games like Dune, Dune 2000. That uh, that was actually uh, I don't know if it's credited for being the first strategy game, but it was definitely before Command and Conquer. Anyway, um, I played tons of Command and Conquer, um, especially the DOS version. It's uh, I, I remember spending something like uh, like 15 hours in one mission because uh, I was I was playing as the GDI and the Nod, the bad guys, had blown up my my Tiberium collector. And that's that's what collects all the money, and so I had a few uh, I had a few men and um, and some of the uh, believe they were hover helicopters. Oh, they have names. I f- can't believe I forgot them already. Uh, but anyway, um, and I only had a few of those, and I kept having to go back to the bad guys' base and blow up some stuff, and then go back to my base and repair them, and and then go back to the other base and and then blow it up. Anyway, so. This really tedious task took seven hours to finally beat that that mission. I just kept going back and forth and back and forth and then, you know, killing off one guy or two guys and then regrouping back and fixing my, 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 uh, whatever those things are called. Orcas! That's what it is. Orcas. Sorry about that. Um, yes. Uh, so I, uh, anyway, I've never played a game quite like that before. Um, so I wanted to put it on my list, uh, Command and Conquer, um, and uh, that's that's one of those uh, ones that had uh, full motion video, uh, which I know everybody enjoyed back in the '90s. So uh, and and the music was fantastic. I actually like it so much that I still listen to it today. It's on my MP3 player. So that uh, that's uh, that's my first game. Uh, has have any of you played Command and Conquer? Absolutely. I I I used to network play that with my uh, friends and go to network parties with it. That was a definitely one of the, my favorite strategy type of games. Uh, do you remember how you got yours to run on? Because I I guess you weren't running DOS or anything at the time, right? Um yeah, actually, um there was the DOS version and the Windows version later that came later on, but the DOS version actually ran over the IPX SPX network. Yes, I. I remember right, uh, but were you were you running it on Linux, and then you found some way to run the the program under Linux? Or? Oh no, I still oh. had DOS back then. Oh okay, okay, <laughs> that's great. So uh, I guess Chris, you're you're the only one that hadn't hasn't played Command and Conquer. I have played Command and Conquer. Um, oh, you have back then. I played uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert, and I remember enjoying it. Um, yeah, I just don't enjoy it now. <laughs> I was hoping we could play it on the on our DOS rigs, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, now they have all these different packs and everything that you can buy. I bought one pack. It was, uh, I think it was ten dollars, and it comes with every single Command and Conquer made. Uh, you just have to download the game through Origin, 
through EA's system. It's like EA Steam. Um, and you get to download any of them. I bought that, but then I went back and decided that I wanted each physical copy of the games. So I, I bought each one. So kind of like Eric with his Metroid games, I, I bought every Command & Conquer. <laughs> nice. Nuclear launch detected. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so here's the question, the ultimate question. GDI or Nod? Nod. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, yeah, I loved, uh, I loved uh, going with my buggies and blowing up villages and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the stealth buggies. Yes, the stealth buggies. Yes. <laughs> oh, and having the um, uh, the the hand of the the obelisk of light mm-hmm. and burning people with it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. My my brother used to sit there when we would play on the network. He would uh set up all his uh uh what are they the the cloaking guys that I forget what I just said the name. There's some tax tanks that would cloak yeah the, too, the cloaking the, the cloaking tanks right he would set those up right in right around my 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 harvester and just sit the and wait until he had all of them around it and then when I was not paying attention he would just start shooting my my harvester and then by the time I would find the harvester he'd already stopped and cloaked him again oh <laughs> <laughs> what a devious strategy <laughs> what what i did was uh, i would um i would have a bunch of guys and i would create a, a a bunch of engineers so a bunch of guys a bunch of engineers first thing i would do in the in the beginning of the mission is i would send i would send men to five different corners of the maps uh all right five six different corners anyway so i would send them everywhere and uh, i would find out where the where the where the other base was and then I'd create a ton of men and a bunch of engineers, tons, because I knew they would die. And so I would just send them all out. And uh, and then eventually some would capture, you know, key buildings from the other base and I would immediately sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I would take out bases without, you know, that I would first go for their, uh, uh, for their, of course, for their Tiberium uh extracting extracting facility and uh i would first go for that and then their barracks and everything and just sell everything and yeah that was uh that was my favorite strategy but um yeah good times oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so that that was my that's my first game um shall we go around to our second game let's sure eric yeah so my second game is actually a game that was it's pretty old, but was made by Electronic Arts, and it's called The Bard's Tale. It was made in 1985, and it was originally released for the Apple II, but also available for the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum, the Amiga, the Atari, Mac- uh, MS-DOS, Macintosh, and NES. And this was like one of the first few dungeon crawlers that had a really thorough uh, storyline. So long ago, basically, magic had still prevailed, and evil wizard and the dark, uh, an, an evil wizard, Mangar the Dark, threatened a small, harmonious country called Scarabray. And evil creatures were all over Scarabray, and Mangar the the dark guy, whatever you want to call him, froze the surrounding lands of, with a spell of eternal winter totally isolating Scarabray from any possible help. So you, the hero, have to go and save Scarabray through all these dungeons and uh, uh, all sorts of different uh, maps, and it was, it, was, it was a really big game. Was this game, um, do you happen to know if it, if it, was, if it was one of those, because uh, I think this was one of those games that you would actually, it was kind of like a first-person not shooter, but but you'd go around and it's kind of like Ultima, I think, right? It was kind of like that, but it was not as uh, first person as that. It was actually before first person shooters even came about. It was more like instead of you having free motion, it was frame by frame. So you would turn and it would completely turn you like ninety degrees to the right, left or right. Uh huh. And then right, you would move right. forward. <laughs> right. So in this game, um. I, I guess you'd pick up items and wear different armor and everything, and you'd have stats. Uh, how would you compare this game to something like uh, like any of the Elder Scroll games? Um, it was definitely similar to the idea, and definitely as expansive, just not quite as 3D at the time. <laughs> sure, sure. 
I just uh, did, uh, did you... looked up what it looks mm-hmm. like just for curiosity's sake. So I guess the one that I'm seeing is the one on the Apple II GS. It has a um, window with, and in the upper left-hand corner, it has a small view of what you're actually seeing. Um, and then a window next to that, it says things like, uh, you are facing south and you are in Scarabray, press any key. Um, and then it gives you your character names and stats and stuff uh, below those two windows. Is Does that sound about right? Yep, that sounds like the original. <laughs> and is the original the one that you're currently talking about? Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they ha- they've had several several editions of it, but the first one is, you know, memorable because it was the first one that you could play different historic characters like a bard, hunter, monk, paladin, rogue, warrior, magician, and a conjurer. Which one was your favorite? I was always the paladin. Ah, uh, the paladin... Just <laughs> yes. So, if yes. you were to summarize what you what you loved about the game, how would you put it? Mm, just the exploration factor of it, and the ex- I mean, the world. You being able to just flat out explore a world in a different point of view. Because at the time, you know, this was this was revolutionary. <laughs> I see. And and later on. Uh, I mean, the storyline was just amazing. It actually had a full-fledged storyline that you could follow through and understand. And it was just nice. Did Did your version have any anything specific, like uh, I don't know, VGA graphics or uh, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, support for sound? Uh, did you play it with any with ad lib or whatnot? I, I don't I don't actually know what what this game supported, but I'm looking it up now. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked with AdLib, it worked with Sound Blaster, it worked with the Commodore 64, which is where I first got it, but I also did it on MS-DOS as well, because I, I liked it. Um, it had sound, You you as you were going through the dungeon, it would just make the sounds of you walking, but even though it was frame by frame, uh, you would you would make the sound of your sword swinging and hitting the in- monster or whatnot. Magic spells would... <laughs> <laughs> You know, it would do all sorts of nice things. And so, did you ever get a chance to beat the game? Oh yeah, many times over. <laughs> mm, that's great. Uh, d- did you uh, d- did you put tons of hours into it? It sounds like a game that did you could sink tons of hours. To. Oh yeah, tons of hours, tons of uh, tons and tons of hours. Mm. <laughs> okay, who's great? I forget who's next. You or me? I think it's you. My second game is uh, Star Wars. TIE Fighter, yes. released by, published by uh, LucasArts, uh, developed by Totally Games, and was released on MS-DOS, the Macintosh, um, later on Microsoft Windows, and apparently there's a Linux port by from uh, good old games. Um, and it's a space shooter, but the premise is that, um, whereas in most Star Wars games, it's good versus evil, and you're playing as the, the Rebel Alliance, in this game, you're playing as the Empire. The artwork for the box shows um, five five TIE fighters, and one of them is flying through an exploding X-Wing with Darth Vader's uh, large bulbous helmet um, overlaid in the background. And in my opinion, it is still one of the best space shooters to have ever, ever been released. And the version that I have is the one that also goes to a full 640 by 480 VGA mode. And even today, it still looks good. They made such good use of... I don't know if it was true 3D, but it looks and feels like a simple um, 3D game. It plays smoothly. The missions are um, in-depth. You always have various requirements. You're, it's rarely easy. You're, you're always fighting for your life. You're always in the run you're you're always having to do resource management um it's intricate too because you have to constantly decide okay do i want to trade off uh speed to add more powers to my uh to add more power to my weapons and shields or do i want to um forego that and just go extra fast to get to someone to get to somewhere or 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 uh, get away from something um for such an old game it's so intricate and so well developed and i haven't seen anything oh but it's still just simple enough 
I, I haven't seen anything that strikes that balance since then. I remember that game being really hard. Um, I don't. I don't even remember beating it. it. Did you ever get a chance to beat it? I still haven't beaten it. Um, I'm still currently playing through it, actually. But this time, I'm going to beat it. All right. Um, I actually have an interesting story about uh, TIE Fighter, and it's actually really, really, really brief. Uh, and it's basically that I broke my joystick because of TIE Fighter. So I had the TIE Fighter, yeah, I had the TIE Fighter demo. It came in two, three and a quarter uh, uh, floppy, three and a quarter floppies. And, um, and uh, yeah, I had, the, I had the DOS version. I know that later on they made a special edition uh, like CD, CD-ROM version. But I had the DOS version. And, um, and anyway, I had connected a... Uh, it's a joystick that my dad bought for me at, uh, I think it was Computer City at the time. Computer City. Um, anyway, I I played, I would play TIE Fighter and I, I loved shooting the, shooting the other ships, especially ships that had cargo. I would love just shooting them and shooting them. And then I would pull away as soon as I got to them, right, right before I crashed. I would just yank up on the controller and that's exactly how I broke it. It just, uh, I, I would, uh, I would do that over and over again. And then all of a sudden, uh, one time, I guess I yanked too hard and, uh, and it just stayed there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go back to the center. So, um, yeah, TIE Fighter. Um, I don't know if I mentioned when it was released, uh, July 1994. Um, but the DOS version, one thing that's very notable about it is if you are like, if you are lucky enough to have an AWE and, in all in all sixty four or AWE sixty four sound blaster, the music sounds so much better because it has wavetable support. Um, the MIDI nice. sounds compared to a regular the the regular sound blaster sixteen version, it, it sounds real in comparison. That's great because I've never played it under uh, uh, under uh, you know with wavetable support before. I've only played it with the sound blaster sixteen. I've actually to today I still haven't heard it what it actually sounds like with wavetable. You so I definitely need to. You need to, yes. I actually play it with a mouse, which is a little bit harder, but um, you get kind of adept at it. But you're constantly like uh, uh, picking it Moving up and pulling it, back, picking it up and pulling back to go one way, or picking it up and pushing forward, and picking it up and pushing forward to go the other way. But you can get the hang of it uh, pretty well. I actually do have a um, a joystick uh, that I used to use back when uh, there was a game called uh, Falcon 4.0. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Falcon series, but uh, but I I bought a joystick just for that game, and it's a Cytec, uh X51, I think, and uh, it has the um, it has the the flight stick, but it, then it also has the the other one, the um, to, to accelerate and decelerate. Oh, neat. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, and actually I'm looking at it right now. Hmm. I'm gonna connect that. Yeah, I'm gonna hook it up and play some Tie Fighter with weight table. May have to borrow that from you one day. Certainly. Um, what about you, Eric? Do you have anything to add about that one? Mm, I don't think I've ever played that one. Oh, you're no, missing no. out. You are missing oh, out. <laughs> you get to feel so evil. <laughs> evil sometimes is good. When um, when you do especially well on a mission, you um, first they give you an award ceremony, but an award ceremony, but then you're brought to a secret. Uh, layer where there are uh, hooded figures and you are inducted into the secret order of the emperor and then some guy shoots lightning at your arm and it puts this crazy pink imperial tattoo that grows and grows and grows the the uh, more that you do and on the uh, main screen it shows your arm and and when you mouse over it pulls your sleeve down and it shows you the uh, expanding tattoo that you get oh nice <laughs> so uh i am currently a uh, mem- member of the secret order of the emperor that's great. I really want to play it now. I think I'll want to play the uh, the CD version though. Uh, I don't really feel like playing the uh, the old floppy version. Yeah, I'll um, I can send you a disc image of my copy if you want. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to like to check it out. Oh, and I have the original, uh, uh the actual CD. Um, what about you, Eric? What's what's your what is uh? Wait, is it your turn or I f- I forget whose turn is it? It is. <laughs> it's yours. That's right. Sorry. That's uh, okay. So, <clears throat> my second game is actually, and this is pretty popular, so I think everybody would know about it, and it's uh, Descent. 
Descent. Um, good choice. Which, thank you. So Descent was published by Interplay and developed by Parallax uh, in 1984. And it is a sort of first-person shooter, but you're actually in a spaceship, in a ship, uh, or mining ship, I guess, at this point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Some kind of... Uh, I don't know if it was... A, I didn't read the story of Descent. I didn't really really care about that. I like the gameplay. But apparently there's these mining droids on different planets that you uh, that are uh, misbehaving and you need to go over there as a I think it's a security ship is what I think it is and you're a security pilot and you have to go over there and take your business so um uh you know Descent is just one of those games that I I had I was playing tons of Wolfenstein 3D and Doom back then and it was just it was one of those games that just took it to the next level and and you know, everybody says, oh, you know, like like Quake took Doom to the next level because it was fully 3D and everything. That's great. But in, for me, see, Descent came before Quake, and I could move not only side to side and and uh, and, and move, move forward and backwards, but I could move up and down. And to me, that was just mind-blowing. So I, I played lots of Descent, and then I could, uh, then I could use my, um, my modem to play online. And uh, by online, I mean just with another friend. So we were using um, TCP. Does does descent support TCP nah, or was it IPX? It wasn't TCP. Probably IPX. TCP. It was either okay. a a direct modem connection or IPX. If you're on a yep. LAN, that's correct. Right. So I remember playing with my with a buddy of mine, and um, oh, we would play all, all the time. And uh, actually, I don't know. I don't remember if he, him, and I both beat the game but but i definitely beat the game and there was about 30 32 levels i think there was some extra bonus levels there uh and you you would go from you know all the planets in the solar system and uh yeah yeah that that game was uh, to me it was amazing uh i remember playing it uh, recently with you chris um over our uh, with our dos rigs and uh it to me it's still great yes indeed it is i i too played it back then <clears throat> it um and not only could you go forward, back, left, right, up, and down, but you could also uh, pitch and roll. So, uh, so a lot of times you were uh, flying upside down, or sideways, yes. or um, and the controls are very unique in that um, you basically have two sets of arrow keys, and one set will control your forwards, backwards, and then uh, your your strafing, but then the other one will control. Um, you're going up and down and rolling. I, I remember the controls being like that, right? I, I wonder if it's possible to use two joysticks because that would work great. Oh, you know what did work great since you mentioned it? I had the Microsoft 3D Sidewinder for that game, Ooh. which had the you know the, all the controls left, right, up, down, but it also had the twist on the handlebar. Oh wow! On the, nice the joystick, so you could actually easily turn your Mm-hmm. And it actually Easily worked turned. for that? Oh, yeah, and it did. And combined with that, I had borrowed uh, a friend of mine's... Uh, not a fr- it was my, my sister's husband's father. He had lo- bought a 3D mouse. <laughs> huh. That was a mouse that tilted forward, tilted back, tilted to the left and to the right, and you could push it all around in a square box and also pull it and push it. So... Both of those combined with Descent was, you, you, I was unstoppable. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> that, that, that game was just amazing. I, uh, I remember just throwing flares everywhere, and, uh, and, uh, and then all the bad guys would go, you know, they'd, they'd get all excited or whatever when, when I would throw a flare somewhere, and they'd go, they'd go to the spot, and then I would kill them from behind and stuff. I, yeah, I didn't know you it, could do that. I remember definitely fooling. Oh, you know why? Because I would open up doors with the flares. I'd open up doors, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh oh, and and, and remember those those areas that have the uh, it looked like a purple web, and yes. then the back the the baddies would just they would come in through that teleport, and then yep. that, yeah, and then when you play multiplayer, one person finds the reactor, kills it, um, <laughs> leaves, and the other kills person is just leaves. stuck and. The guy that got like ah, and, and, and the more the time goes, the harder it is to you know to steer. Yeah, your ship gets all janky on you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So even when you do find the exit, if, if if it's gone for too long, sometimes you just can't get through it because you just can't control your ship. Yep. Right. They had um they had that uh you know who I hated was those 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 guys with the uh the machine gun. Yeah. You'd hear it. as soon as you heard it, you were dead. Because they never miss. I hate those fuckers. They would come oh, around and... The Vulcan cannons? Yeah, the Vulcan cannon guys. They would just go around and as soon as you hear the... That's it. Yep. You're dead. <laughs> uh, Descent. Um, so Descent, I, I had bought the shareware version first. It came in two floppy disks as well. And a really neat box. It was uh, kind of a brown and, and black with that uh, ball, the shield ball in the middle. That blue shield ball with lightning going across it and uh actually didn't even know what i what I had purchased back then uh so it was ten dollars i remember it was ten bucks and uh and uh i didn't know what i you know my dad had just bought it for me i didn't know what it was and i put it in and i i was hooked and that was just on the shareware version so uh, a few years later i think i had gotten all a's or something like that on in my report card back then and uh and uh, my my dad bought me the uh the full game so which came in an even bigger box that was uh brown and black and this was back then when the games came in full full boxes so full size boxes very cool yeah and it was on CD and actually I still have it and I also have the a lot of people made levels for descent they yeah. were um they used a, an editor called uh devil so it was descent level editor and uh, and they would they were making a ton of levels. Actually, they did that for a lot of games back then, like uh, Doom. They had this 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 one called uh, this disc called uh, D Zone, and you had a uh, yeah lots and lots of levels for for Doom and everything. And so this one was uh, Dimensions, so Dimensions for Descent, and it was seventy five user made levels uh, that you could load up. And I still have that disc too today. Cool, that's a good choice though. I like Descent. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your next one. All right. Well, my my next one's going to be a rather interesting one, I think. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not. It was a game by Sierra made in 1993 and it was called Space Quest 5: Roger Wilco. The, the next, next mutation. mutation. Yes, yes. <laughs> now this was a game that was primarily a specific parody of Star Trek. While there were some references <laughs> to other films, they had all sorts of weirdness about it. Um, so when he starts off, your 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 main character is of course Roger Wilco, and he's he, he stops mid mission on his ship when he's uh, playing in, uh, revealed to be playing in a flight simulator, not actually a real ship um, that that's suspiciously shaped like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> At the StarCon Academy. And yeah, it's a rip on Starfleet. Yep. Oh, yeah, very much. Um, but all the t- all this time, you're being hunted and uh, alone. You start off on a planet called WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you forgot to mention um, Roger Wilco's profession. Oh, yes. Roger Wilco's profession. Um, what was his profession? Well, he has two in this one, right? Yeah, he, he does. He has, there's there's two different professions. It just depends on... Yeah. I mean, I know them. Yeah, go ahead and say. <laughs> I don't know the second one. I, I, honestly, I, I never played this I never played this version, but I do know that um, in other versions, he is a janitor. Yes, he's a space janitor. And he, yep. he just wants uh, to be left alone to go take a nap. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and then all this stuff happens. Uh, I'm thinking the first one that's... Uh, the, the siren encounter, yeah, he's stuck in this. Anyway, so, but in this one, um, he cheats his way into becoming a captain of a ship. Yep. Yeah, he's, uh, and that's actually one of my favorite parts of the game. You have to look over your shoulder and see other people's uh, answers on the test, and you, yeah, and, and you have to, you have to make sure you do it before the, uh, was the teacher like a, a flying robot or something, is a, a orb or something, I forgot what it was, but anyway, the teacher couldn't, you would lose if the teacher spotted you, so yep. uh, you'd fail, <laughs> and you'd have to restart. But um, but yeah, that's how you become a spaceship captain. And uh, oh man, that game! Uh, I, I remember well. Actually, I died a lot in that game. 
<laughs> I think yeah. anybody playing it dies a lot. But some of the quirks in that game is just amazing. Like, suddenly you see a pink bunny rabbit with a drum and an Energizer <laughs> battery, and you have to take it. <laughs> yes, you know, the Energizer uh, bunny is in this game. You know, I also saw that that, that bunny is also in Space Quest Four. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember remember well. Um, actually, I don't remember the name of Space Quest Four. How how dare I? The Space Rippers, the Time Rippers, something like that. Something about time. The Time Rippers, yes. Yeah, yeah. But what I liked about this game is just all the dynamics going on because you're 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 all over t- space. You're basically all over time. <laughs> you you're doing all these crazy things, and you're wondering what's next. <laughs> that um, I, I'm another another part that I remember in that game. It was pretty far into it. Um, there's a part where you're playing Battleship with your uh, your kind of nemesis in the game, which is another yep. captain. Yeah, so I remember that well too. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go back and play that too. <laughs> I need to play it for the first time. I've only heard of you, it. You need to heard it describe it. I really need to play it. Yeah. I mean, all the space quests were crazy, but five just topped everything. I agree. Five was my absolute <laughs> favorite. Absolutely, they they actually made a six, but I I don't think it was as good as five. Yeah, I think what I liked about the game too was what contents the box came with. They have they had this magazine, and, and one th- all these stupid things all over the magazine, like you're shopping through a list of products and it was part of the copy protection because you'd use that to get through some of the code but the i mean articles like epichia so you can get that chia off those random places on your legs (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what (laughs) uh yes yeah chris you absolutely need to play this game i mean you like star trek and uh well i assume you like monkey island and well, this is a blend of both. Oh yeah, this it is. This is my homework. Okay, I'll do this. It even has space monkeys. I, I've I've put it up on the chat. The uh, the part, the specific part where he's cheating on a test. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. It's great. Um, and you walk around and you click everywhere and you do things with other things. So it's 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 kind of like Monkey Island, but uh, but yeah, you get your own ship and everything and. You have a, a Terminator-like robot that is uh, hunting you, and yeah, it's it's, it's great. Um, it, kind of like uh, the Star Trek uh, 25th anniversary and stuff, but uh, but funny. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that uh, that I thought was kind of funny about the particular game was that um, as uh, as you go on with the game, uh, eventually you get a mascot called Spike, and. It, who isn't quite housebroken, quote unquote, and he leaves puddles of caustic acid behind wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Spike? Yes, yes. And don't don't walk over that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. That'll be yes. Oh, and another great thing about Space Quest games, um, and especially this one, is every ending is different. I mean, not ending of the game. Every uh, every time you die, it's like a, a different thing that the that the. Uh, that the announcer would have or would say, or, or the animation would be different. It, it was just, it was just neat like that. Yep. Good stuff. <clears throat> so, um, whose turn is it? Chris? Yes, I think so. Um, my final pick is punch out or more specifically Mike Tyson's punch out. It was released by Nintendo in 19, 19- the original, actually, the first one was Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and it was released in 1987 um, for the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Famicom. And <clears throat> it is a a boxing game, and you play as the protagonist, uh, Little Mac, and you're just this little average-looking guy. Um, you don't usually only see the back of him until you win, and you fight this um, ladder of boxers who get better and better and better as you go and more and more crazy and powerful and big until eventually you get to Mike Tyson. And even though the gameplay is very simple and the graphics are pretty primitive because it's an 8-bit system, it 
is such a hard game to learn and intricate to play because each character has their own little uh, nuance or thing you have to look for. Um, for example, uh, uh, King King Hippo, you have to wait until um, he'll just block everything that you throw at him, and but you have to wait until he does this little triple hop, and then you punch him in the face. That makes his pants fall down and exposes his belly button, which has a bandit on it. Then you start wailing on his belly button until eventually he gets knocked out and he's so fat that he can't get up again. Or um, there's the um, uh, the genie guy, uh, Tiger or something, and uh, he has a turban with a jewel in the center, and you have to watch for that jewel to blink. And how, however many times it blinks, that will tell you what kind of jab he's going to do. Or in the case of... Um, Mike Tyson, he just blinks his eyes really, really quick. And, and once you get to Mike Tyson, one hit, you're done. He is so impossibly hard to beat. Um, and you have to memorize every single sequence that he does. Um, and you do barely any damage, and he just takes you out in one hit. Um, so it is easily my favorite boxing game of all time. Uh, better than any modern boxing game today. Here, here, definitely agree. I remember that game too. I think it was an absolute gem that uh, that Nintendo had released, and it came out so early in the system's life. It's just uh, it's interesting that we're still talking about it today, just like we are about Mario and Zelda and, and Metroid. It just uh, comes to show you that uh, back then, the, the games that were were coming out were really impactful. You know, I mean, uh, you know, games came out in, in the mid two thousands, and I I don't really remember a whole lot what came out back then. Uh, I don't know, Half Life. Two is the only thing that I can think of, uh, Doom Three. But I mean, you know, they're they're not as you know people 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 still talk about these games that are way older, and so that's a that's just a testament of uh, how well these games um, were made. The you know tight controls and everything. Um, I did see a guy on YouTube beat uh, Punch Out blindfolded. I think. Have you seen that, Chris? No, that's insane. Yeah, wow. yeah, something like that. I think it was it was blindfolded. It, it was something definitely uh, unique. So, uh, and I think it was blindfolded. I want to go with that. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's out there if you wanted to if you want to check it out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I've actually never played Punch Out. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Interesting fact: um, Mike Tyson was paid fifty thousand um, dollars for um, to to use his likeness for a three year period. And when that three years ran out, they re-released it uh, instead of as Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, just as Punch-Out. And Mike Tyson was replaced as the final character with the uh, fictional Mr. Dream, who was basically the same character, just looked different. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Dream. I remember Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And and they got his likeness pretty well, even in in 8-bit, down to the gap in his teeth. Yep. And yeah, he was ridiculously hard. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, you've you've definitely got to play it. Yeah, I remember the specific details you were mentioning when when you were saying you yeah, have to punch him in the face and his pants fall. Yeah, I remember all that. Yep. Oh my gosh! And they were all different. <laughs> I mean, so much thought was put into it. When you do play Euro, be sure you have a good gamepad. You need quick reflexes. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I might need to. Um... I have I have a Super Nintendo to USB gamepad, so Super Nintendo pad to to USB. If it's an original Super NES controller, then yeah, that'll be perfect. If it's one of those, if it's one of those uh, knockoff ones, those things are just gummy and terrible. Oh, hmm. Okay, then I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's also on a Virtual Console. It's on the uh, 3DS. Okay. It's on the Wii. It's on the Wii U. Great. Yeah, then I'll uh, be able to play it on the 3DS. Good stuff. Seems like we all have games to play. Um, I uh, I do have one more that I don't know if anybody will know, but uh, maybe. Let's have it. Okay, so the game that I have, uh, my last game, is actually made by Delphine Software. It's a platform ma- platformer made in 1992, and it's called Flashback, The Quest for Identity. Um, it came out for... Various consoles, so uh, the Super Nintendo, the uh, and the Genesis had it, but I actually played it on the on uh, my uh, MS DOS PC. So I had the DOS version, and my version was in French. 
So good thing it was a platformer uh, that had some text, but uh, but but uh, but yeah, you didn't really have to worry about the text too much. Um, so you're playing as this uh, this guy who was being chased down by some some other guys, and and a really cool FMV sequence starts in the beginning, and it actually used uh, rotoscoping technology, which I don't know if you any of you have played uh, a game called Another World yes. or. Uh, Played that one. In the U.S., they called it Out of This World, uh, published by uh, Interplay. And um, so it used that same kind of technology, that rotoscoping technology, where it, it, it's, it graphics really, they're very fluid. You know, they, it, 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 it was definitely, uh, to me, it was unique at the time. Uh, and uh, it just gave it that extra bit of realism. Uh, so in the beginning sequence, you had this guy and he's running away from these, uh, two guys and he gets on this kind of hover bike and then he, uh, he goes off and then these other guys chase him on a, on a spaceship, on a, on a ship and they shoot it down. He lands in a jungle and he wakes up, doesn't remember anything. So, uh, so, uh, you're playing through this game and you have to, uh, kind of make your way over to, uh, to the city called, um, uh, a city on Titan. Uh, I think it's called New Washington. And, uh, and then you make your way over to earth and then, uh, oh, there's this part, uh, that, uh, reminds me of a Schwarzenegger movie back in the eighties. Uh, the part of the game, uh, where you go into this death tower and they were, uh, that you could tell they, they, they were inspired by a movie called the running man, um, with Schwarzenegger. And so you have to defeat all these guys going up from level to level. You have to beat all these guys until you make it to the very top and uh and then you win a prize to go to earth so and then after that then you end up in this uh the morphs homeland it's like these aliens that could morph into uh you know humans and you use this glasses so obviously the people that made this game really liked uh action movies because uh you know there's this thing where they put this these glasses or he puts these uh kind of like a eyepiece on like a google glass he puts his eyepiece on, and you can tell if they're aliens or not. And that reminds me of the movie They Live, another '80s movies where this this guy would put on glasses, and you could tell if the, he was an alien or not. So that's another movie they they took that off. And a lot of the design for New Washington reminds me of uh, Total Recall. So, but anyway, really, really great platformer. Um, it was actually one of the first games that I ever played on the PC. Um, I mean, you know, besides, I used to have like an 8088 and, and stuff, and I was playing Eagle's Nest and Alley Cat and whatnot at the time, but uh, when I got my 486, uh, that was one of the first games that I, that, uh, that my dad got for me, actually, uh, Flashback. So, um, yeah, yeah, love it to this day, actually. I, I, <laughs> I actually beat it recently again, and then they made a remake and uh, beat that one too, and yeah. So you play the DOS version? I did play the DOS version. Mm-hmm. Did you read the number of platforms that Flashback is on? I did not. I know that it's. I just know uh, that it's on the two those two consoles and the PC. So, according to Wikipedia, uh, uh, the Amiga, the Acorn Archimedes, the Mega Drive Genesis, MS DOS, the NEC PC ninety eight hundred one, the Super NES, Sega CD, FM Towns, the three DO. CDI, Atari Jaguar, Mac OS, iPhone OS, Symbian, Mamo, and um, the the Nintendo Switch. Wow, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, <laughs> what? I, I am definitely getting that on my Switch. <laughs> what? Yes. How do they? Is it the original? Is it like a port or what is it? I mean, it must be a port. Um, I think uh they have a big library of uh of of Jaguar games. Strangely, huh? But also Mamo. I mean, that is that is obscure. That was the uh, Linux-based um, operating system that Nokia had on their their uh, their uh, tablets and on the N900. I I remember running Mamo on my uh, Nokia N810 internet tablet, which it was a fantastic machine. Um, but interesting to see that um, such an obscure game was on such an obscure operating system. I mean, what are the odds? And Symbian too. <laughs> wow i didn't know that's great um so uh i mean i if you like platformers and whatnot i i recommend i recommend it it's 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 a solid platformer i mean it's not like mario or anything where you get to jump on goombas or anything like that 
Uh, but it is, uh, you know, they, you, it's pretty realistic as far as the, uh, you know, you can't fall from, uh, from, from heights, uh, you die and yeah, but, uh, check it out. I mean, if, if you're into that kind of stuff. I most definitely will. Yeah, me too, I think. Is that all of our games? Well, I have one more. Sure. Quick one. Yay! <laughs> my, my, my all-time favorite game was Unreal, the original. Nice. Oh man, the the, <laughs> the 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 one where you're in the planet, right? And you have to, yeah, exactly, right. With the the first Unreal Engine, which Epic Mega Games was involved with from the very beginning, and it was like the first first person shooter that really changed everything. Wow, it had that that perfect balance of speed and controls, and it just felt right. Yep, and also. Something I learned later on is that Future Crew helped make some of the parts of the game. An, uh, an old uh, ASM t- tournament uh, from team from Finland that did ASM demos. <laughs> Who is ASM? I'm not. Uh, that was the assembly uh, demo group from Finland. Huh. They made they, their goal was to make as small as possible the most thorough assembly based demos that they could for you know graphics show-offs, various different uh, pattern matrices, blendings, 3D objects. Nice. Even lemmings. <laughs> even lemmings. <laughs> even lemmings, yes. That's great. Cool. Um, I think that the first Unreal Tournament uh, used the same engine? Uh, yes, it did. The Unreal Tournament was the same Unreal Engine 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Unreal different from Unreal Gold? Um, it might be the same. Looking it up, because I know Unreal Gold is on Steam, and I currently have that version on my Win98 machine. But um, ah, uh, so sorry. So it's Unreal and Unreal Return to Napali, and they were bundled together as Unreal Gold. Exactly. So it's two games in one. The anthology. Return to is that a DLC or something? well not a DLC oh boy okay was that the uh, the extra pack or something Return to Napoli is, is was that like an uh, an expansion pack? Uh, let me find out. Mm, hang on. Um, I'm curious. Can um, I know that Unreal is multiplayer? Is it uh does it have a co-op campaign mode? I think it did actually. Yes, it is an expansion pack. It is. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> you know, that would be really fun to do some um, Unreal co-op if that's uh, if that's a thing. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's not really much else to be said besides it's, it's just awesome. Yes, exactly. That's, that's why I mentioned it as the last one. Looks great. Plays great. <laughs> play yeah, it. Play it. Yeah, if you haven't played it, By what the- are you doing? Stop what you're doing. Go play it. Right now, right, right, right ignore now. ignore our other games and just <laughs> yeah. play that you one. You have you you have somehow somehow failed at life, and you can succeed by playing it right now. Go. <laughs> it's on good old games. It's cheap. Do it. I'm playing it. I'm playing it currently on a 3D FX Voodoo Two. <laughs> wow. And I'm actually playing it on a GeForce 6200. Which um, is way more than what that game actually needs, but uh, runs well on Windows 98. Uh, that card's drivers are uh, the NVIDIA drivers for it still run. So uh, that's that's what I've been running it on. And everything runs on high at, uh, what is it, at 1200 by 1024. Maximum settings. 1280. <laughs> yeah, maximum yeah. settings. I've been playing Unreal Tournament on uh, Linux, actually as of late, but I'm going to be trying to get the Unreal version and see if I can actually get that to work. I still need to get uh, the Linux version going. Yes, you do. But I will. You will. I'm ready for (laughs) you. Oh, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone have anything else? No, I I think that's it. Those are are my top three. Same here. You, You, Eric? Nope. I think I've got it all covered here. Oh, cool. That was a fun discussion. Thank you both. Yes, it was. Yeah, thank you. I guess that concludes our program? Yes, indeed. So if anyone would like to contact us, leave us feedback, give us suggestions for future topic ideas, we can be contacted by 
going to our Facebook page if you search for Fork Bomb Podcast or via Twitter at Fork Bomb Podcast or by sending us an email at ForkBombPodcast at gmail.com. Now, go get gaming. Yes. <laughs> that concludes episode 13. Uh, no fancy outro. Go play games. Now, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.